0: Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. I want to read this evening, starting in verse number 6 here of Hebrews chapter 11. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Let's pray. Lord, as we Are studying here in this portion of your word in the book of Hebrews, Lord, we are really inspired throughout the entire chapter of men and women who were moved by faith, moved by your word. And even though they didn't fully understand the things that were yet to come, trusted in your word enough to move with fear. Lord, give us the wisdom and the understanding that when we hear your word, it causes us to heed it. Regardless of how we have lived our Christian lives up to this point, may we see from your word this evening, life's service to you. We can see even through Hebrews 11 that life uh, in service to you after bad decisions Uh, lives of people who were in service to you after great loss. Lord, I pray that you'll be with us here this evening as we glean from your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to focus for a few minutes this evening on this thought of by faith Noah. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I loved superheroes. It, it was just kind of the thing that I, I really enjoyed, that any time that the, the, the movie was playing out or the TV series was playing out and something bad was getting ready to happen, you knew that they wasn't going to make, it, uh, make this bad situation happen because there was a hero who was yet to arrive. When I was a kid in the early 90s, They had this TV series called Early Edition. Maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. But the whole point of Early Edition was that this man would wake up every day and find at his doorstep tomorrow's paper. And he would then rush throughout the entire day. He didn't know how he got the paper. He didn't know who gave it to him, but he understood that he had tomorrow's paper, which since he had tomorrow's information, it caused him to move with urgency throughout the entire day, trying to prevent the tragedies of tomorrow. So he moved with fear. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7, this book obviously written to the Hebrews. The writer to the Hebrews calls the reader to such a hero. A hero that got early information. A hero that got the early edition and moved with fear. He heeded the word that he had received and took action upon it. I don't know, I I guess that we could say that the entire chapter of Hebrews chapter 11 is really the hall of faith. We call it the chapter of faith. Now, I suppose that if we was to sit back and of our own writings, not knowing of the existence of Hebrews chapter 11, it would take time to write about these heroes of the faith these people who moved by faith throughout the word of God, we would have never assembled such a list. We see even Moses, by faith Moses. In verses 24, we've seen this twice. By faith Moses, by faith Moses. We would have never put Moses in here in the chapter of faith because Moses was a murderer. Yet we see even more, as we read here in verse 7, by faith Noah. We wouldn't have added Noah to the by faith category, to the hall of faith, to the heroes. We're going to add him to the hero of faith, this drunkard who saved his family and then wrecked it after all. Rahab, the harlot. We wouldn't have added her to the list, yet Verse 31 of Hebrews chapter 11 says, by faith, Rahab. Even more, Jacob, the chiseler. Yet verse 21 says, by faith, Jacob. Sarah. She laughed. Not only did she laugh, but it's recorded throughout scripture that she lied. Yet we read in verse 11, through faith, Sarah. Samson. This man, this mighty man of God who had this covenant with God, yet broke this covenant, fallen into sin, became a mockery of God's promises. Yet we see in verse 32, by faith, Samson. Even more, the list is on and on. Surely would have never put David in there in verse 32, who murdered, who stole who committed adultery and did all these different things. Yet we see by faith, David also. Now we could say that, you know, they moved in faith that they had this moment of trouble in their life. And yes, God handled those situations. We've seen that, but remember what verse number two of Hebrews chapter 11 says about these men and women They obtained a good report. They obtained a good report. You see what the problem is, is that because of our own human nature, we do really good at remembering other people's sin. We do really well uh, remembering the failures of people instead of the successes of people. I can't tell you how many times I found myself in a group conversation and we'll say, oh, do you know Brother So-and-so? I don't really know them personally, but are they the one that did this? And you're like, mercy. You don't know nothing about what they've done for the Lord, but you certainly know of their sin. We're students of other people's problems, yet we take in Hebrews chapter 11 written after the end of all of these people's lives, written after their sins, after their mistakes, after their tragedies and troubles and trials, after these times where they've had these great failures in their own life. And yet Hebrews chapter 11 stands out and calls these people out and said, they have obtained a good report, not with you, not with me, but they've obtained a good report. With God, through these emergency men, through these emergency women, these people who God put into service, these people who we seem to oftentimes remember their mistakes and their downfalls. The Hebrews, the end of Hebrews 11 says, through these people who obtained a good report, yet they lived in faith. They were able through God to subdue kingdoms wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, clenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, they were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, who turned the flight, the armies of the aliens. They had faith. And here in verse seven, we see again, by faith, Noah. Now, why is this so important to us? If, you, I hope that we all are trying to. I, I challenge myself every year. I wish I could tell you I'm successful every year. I challenge myself every year to try to read through the Bible. If you've been reading through, you didn't have to make it far. When you get to Genesis chapter 6, Genesis chapter 7, and Genesis chapter 8, and you're going to find out very quickly that Noah was not a perfect man. Yet we read here, By faith, Noah, we read about him here in this hall of faith. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet moved with fear. Now, Hebrews 11, in that very verse says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So by faith, Noah, what? Though Noah did not know what it looked like to have water fall down from the sky, he had never seen rain. Though Noah had never seen what it looked like to have a flood. Though Noah had not up until this point looked out in the field and seen two of every kind walking around in an organized line. Yet even though Noah didn't fully understand what was yet to come. When he heard of the judgment that was to come, he moved with fear. He believed the word of God. This is really where the rubber meets the road. This is the reality of James chapter 2 and verse 26. Now, we know that works does not get you salvation, but James 2, 26 says, for as the Body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead also. The the robber meets the road when we proclaim that we have faith and we are moved by this faith. We are moved by this word. When the word of the Lord came to Noah that there was a flood coming, that judgment was coming, Noah didn't ask for proof. Noah didn't say, I need you to further elaborate how this is all going to fold out. Can I get an estimated time of arrival for this judgment? How long should I wait? Lord, how long should I wait before I go cut down the first tree to start the process of building this ark? No, the Bible says that by faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, he moved with fear. He he immediately moved. God's word impacted Noah, and he moved with fear. Now, Noah's task, not even to get into all of this, but it was no small task. They said that the ark was some one-and-a-half football fields long, some estimated in our measurements four stories tall, and it took him 120 years to build this ark. You hear that right? The word of the Lord gripped him so much, being warned, that it sent him to work for 120 years. I fear that we've lived in a generation that's lost that. We've lost the heedings and the warnings from the word of the Lord. We've lost what it means to be impacted by this. We've grown cold to the truth of God's word. I hear people, even at times, almost in a Ben Stein's voice. Yeah, I've heard it my whole life. Jesus is coming. He's coming. You know, my mom told me that when I was a kid, that Jesus is coming. I've heard it all the time that judgment is coming. I've heard it all the time that tribulation is coming. But the early addition, so to say, of a time to come, it doesn't seem that it moves us anymore. The world, yet the, the headlines for the world reads of a time that's worse than the world has ever seen. The time that is yet to come, this next judgment. I mean, it was terrible, of course, in the days of no. And when the flood came, it was a terrible time of judgment. Yet scripture points out there is even a greater judgment yet to come. Yet, not even looking left and right. But hearing of the judgment that is yet to come at an unexpected time, at an unknown time for this world. Can you say that by faith, Danny Holt, or by faith, your own name, knowing of a judgment that is yet to come, knowing that God has warned you of a time that is yet to come upon this earth, has it moved you with fear? Has it gripped your heart to a point where it has set you into labor for him so much? I mean, if for Noah, we know in Peter, we'll talk about it here in a minute. He was a preacher. He preached of this judgment that was yet to come, and yet he preached of the judgment, and yet he preached of the deliverance, and so yet are we before this next judgment, Before this next tribulation and before this next time that is yet to come, we too have been called by the Lord, being warned by God of a time to come. We have been called to move with fear and preach of an ark, Jesus Christ, who will deliver us from this great time of judgment. Prior to the judgment, even more, the, the Lord said, It was bad in Noah's day, but he said, it is even more coming again. Matthew 24 and verse 37, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the son of man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Get that. It was all a big joke. Noah was the laughing stock of his time. It was estimated that Noah was building this ark some 150 miles away from the sea. He was the laughing stock of it all, building this massive ark. And it says, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, this is how they continued. Until what? Until the door shut. And they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field and one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, one shall be taken and the others left. Listen, and this means that Noah labored and was mocked for his labor, all the way until God's judgment came. And so it is even for us in this world, people are given to Mary. They're living their lives. They're, so to say, partying it up, and we in this life are facing the same thing that Noah faced, people will mock us. They will revile this message. They despise this message. And how long will this continue on? Until the day that God shuts the door. Until the day that God brings down judgment upon them. Now, Genesis chapter six kind of tells, we covered this a couple of Wednesdays ago, but Genesis chapter six tells of the time and how the people were in Noah's day in Genesis six and starting with verse one. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men and that they were fair and they took them wise of all which they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that. He is for he also was flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, the sons of God came into the daughters of men and bare children unto them. The same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. And God saw, hear this, the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was Only evil continually, daily, moment by moment. It seemed that upon the earth, they were living wickedly. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast. And the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Two best words here in verse eight. It's the diamond in the coal mine. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He found grace for his saving. He found grace for his salvation. They lived so wicked, so vile, that it grieved the Lord that he even created mankind. And This was the environment that Noah lived in. Yet what do we find of Noah? That he moved in faith. What do we find of Noah that he lived in faith? And even more, as I said in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, that he was a preacher of righteousness. Even in this wicked time, though there was only evil continually, Peter says, and spare not the, world, the old world, but save Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Noah did not only behave godly, Noah did not only move with fear to save himself, but while he was building the ark for these 120 years, he moved with fear and preached righteousness, wanting to draw others to the salvation that was yet to come in the ark. He moved with fear. It is my desire that believers today shake free of these callous comments that seems to have hardened our hearts so much. Hearts are hardened to the fact we can say Jesus is coming back and not picture him in the eastern sky. We can say Jesus is coming back and not even fill a pattern in our hearts. I love the song that we just sang, what a day that will be. (laughs) When my Jesus I shall see. When I looked upon His face, the One who saved me by His grace, I long for that day. But I hate that the afflictions of this life and the woes of this life can bring me to a place so bore down underneath the burdens of this life that my heart doesn't be reminded in excitement about. The one day I'm going to meet the Lord. Or that even as I'm bored down by the weight of this world, that my heart isn't reminded that it's not going to be long here in this life. That I'm feeling the afflictions of this life. And yet, while I'm feeling the afflictions of this life, God has called me to move with fear because this world isn't going to last forever. Neither am I going to last in it. Take this note from Noah. Noah. When he heard of this judgment, it moved him. All God said it was coming, and that was enough. 120 years Noah moved, and we don't read about Noah saying, God, can you just, uh, can you kind of give me a little better explanation about what's going on here? I mean, can you just, you know, do something to these people so that you can help me stay focused? I mean, If I keep doing this, Lord, you know, people are going to think I'm crazy. Listen, that's not faith. We sometimes get caught up in the world's thought process about what practicing our faith is. Listen, coming here on Sunday morning, it is easy to practice your faith. It's easy to practice your faith here singing when you're not facing the afflictions of the world. It's easy to practice your faith when you're singing in the hymn book inside the church service. It's easy. But that's not really practicing your faith. By faith, Noah moved in the world when he heard of the judgment that was to come. He was practicing his, practicing his faith before the world. No, no. It didn't mean that Noah was mistake free or slip up free. That's not Noah's life. Yet the scripture still says here, by faith Noah moved with fear. It means after a mistake we can see that through faith there's still a time to, let me re-say this, by faith Noah By faith, Noah, even after the mistakes that Noah made, it is to say that after the slip up of Noah's life, he still had the opportunity to make things right and still in the hall of faith. For us on the other side of a slip up, there's still an opportunity. Faith is the reminder that God will restore us after our fall condemnation and the sinful nature that exists in us judges mankind when they slip up in service to God. It causes us to not look at ourselves, yet allows us to condemn others for their sin and moves us to a place where we offer no forgiveness at all. So Noah moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Now, how did Noah do this? How did he move with fear, and when he moved with fear, he built the ark. And how did this bring condemnation upon the world? Several months ago, I was involved in a project where the conveyor it, it, it was weird. Every time you would turn the conveyor on, it seemed like the conveyor was jumping. Well, we had come to the conclusion that the shaft that the conveyor was turning on had to be bent. So we took the shaft out of the conveyor belt, and when we looked at it, it looked just fine. I'm like, man, this shaft ain't bent at all. Put it back on. Put the shaft back on. Guess what? The conveyor starts jumping again. Stop. Turn it off. Take the shaft back out. Go get me another shaft. And lo and behold, when we took the new shaft and put it next to the shaft, on the conveyor, you could clearly see now how crooked and bent the shaft was on the conveyor because we had a straight shaft. So it says here, by faith, Noah being warned of God, things not seen as of yet moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world. Because the world in his time was living so crooked, so perverse, so filthy, so bent by sin, and yet Noah decided to live a righteous life, straight, wholeheartedly following after the God. By by living righteously, you can look at his life and see just how wicked the world was. His righteous lifestyle Condemn the world's wickedness. That is the same for us, even in our life, in our workplace, with whom we interact. There should be a clear understanding that we don't have the bend towards sin that they do, and that we don't have the desires to live the life that they do. Without even speaking a word to them, they should see that we're different than them. Through faith, Noah lived righteously, and it condemned the world as he lived his life in faith. Through faith, we should also seek to live righteously. And through living righteously, the world will see there is something different about us. And it condemns them even in the same breath. Now he says, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, he moved. With fear. Now we understand that First Timothy chapter one and verse seven says that God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This fear that we have in our life, it really is—it's meaning reverence. It's that He moved with reverence. He—he didn't move foolishly. He he set his heart in reverence to do what the Lord had commanded him. One Puritan writer said, when the soul looks either to God's holiness or its own sinfulness, it fears. David said in Psalms 119 in the 20th verse there, my soul breaketh, meaning my soul trembles. My soul fears for the longing that it hath unto thy judgment at all times. Meaning this, the believer knows and trembles at all times, knowing the reality of his sin and understanding fully of the coming judgment that awaits. And so Noah moved with fear, built an ark, saved his family. And and listen, If you've heard a word from the Lord, the first one that should hear it is your family. That's the first one that should hear it. When we are in the word of God, when we're studying the word of God, when we're living a life to to serve the Lord, the first people should know about our commitment to Christ is our family. But oftentimes the reality is, That's why it makes it the hardest to witness to our family because they know the most about us. We want to call them to serve the Lord. We want to tell them how wonderful it is to serve the Lord. We want to call them to commit their lives to Christ. And yet only thing they see from us is a lack of commitment. So he heeded the word. He built an ark. He lived righteously In a wicked and crooked nation. By faith, Noah. Now I have come to the conclusion of this. That this chapter here. Is the reminder to all of us. That through faith. Through faith. In the Lord. Believing his promises. Faith is when you believe God and his promises. Faith is when you believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith is when you believe that God restores. Faith is when you believe God saves. Faith is a belief that when you strive to walk with God, that God will walk with you. Faith is not this thing that we get and that we have that prevents us from foolish mistakes. But what the point is this. And I even said this to the church once already, that faith, I I love this, that we read Hebrews chapter 11 and we're moved by that. I mean, all of these people, but yet when you get into chapter 12, it says, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. What does that mean? It means that even to the reader today, Those are those people of their time. But even for us today, we are still compassed about with such a greater cloud of witnesses. People who have murdered and God has forgiven and is living a life of faith. People who've committed adultery and God has forgiven and yet they're living a life of faith. People who've made mistakes, made bad decisions in times past, and yet even today, If it would be written again, them too would be entered into what? The hall of faith. Because this is the kind of God we serve. That when he looks down upon us, it's not about what we brought to him. It's about when we'll just live a life of faith, no matter what we've done, that God can take and do mighty things through insignificant people in the world. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to read and study this short passage here and reminding of ourselves of the wicked times in which Noah lived, and yet he moved with fear at the hearing of your word. Lord, may as we look around in this world be reminded of your word and of a judgment that's yet to come, a time that's yet to come, and a time in which we know not. Lord, I pray that you'll, calls in our hearts to, to spur in our hearts to, to be reminded Lord And to as we see the news and as we see the wickedness in this world, as we drive down the streets and, and and see these people, whether heartaches from people who are addicted to drugs or people who are dealing drugs, Lord, let it afflict our hearts and remind us and, and bring us to this memory that the answer for them has been given to us. Lord, help us to move in fear and warn these people. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.